Welcome to the Heartbreak Kids Podcast, where we explore what connects us all in our yoga practice and in our lives. This is where I talk to people about their stories, who they are, what they've been through, and where they're going. And in this podcast, that's what we explore. I believe deep down inside, we're all connected, which explains why we bring ourselves to the top of our mat every day. Welcome to the Heartbreak Kids. So welcome to the next edition of the Heartbreak Kids. I'm here with Sarah Jane Burkholds. And um, I met her in India um, just this past year. And, you know, I I was really intrigued because she has a beautiful practice and, you know, she's doing some pretty cool things in Salt Lake City. And, you know, I've seen her on social media and stuff. And I so I wanted to have her on the Heartbreak Kids to kind of share her story. Uh, we kind of connected in Mysore, but I want to know I want to know more. So, Sarah Jane, thanks for being on the show today. Thanks, Taylor. So um, let's get started with like some background. Just tell me, I mean, you know, there's sort of this mystery that happens around authorized teachers and like part of the, you know, the podcast is to sort of, you know, make authorized teachers real to a certain extent. And so share a little bit about like your history, like, you know, what kind of kid were you like in high school? Like, what was your family like? Where did you grow up? Those kind of things. Okay. Well, I grew up here in Salt Lake City, Utah, home of the Mormons, the Mormon pioneers. (laughs) And I was adopted at birth. I was three days old when I was adopted from a Mormon family. So I grew up in a very religious household. Um, I did not vibe with that religion, like, really ever. And so I just became a little bit rebellious as a teenager and kind of started to find my own way into the world. What is a little rebellious man? Well, I refused to go to church from the time I was 12, I think. I mean, once in a while I would go, but I just kind of stepped away from it and tried to just find the truth in my own way. Um, So in high school, i I became attracted to like the Grateful Dead and the whole hippie scene and kind of, yeah, fell into that. I was kind of a deadhead as a high school student. Sure. <laughs> and, yeah. I know plenty of deadheads for sure. 100%. <laughs> like and travel around and, and, you know, they basically go show to show. Um, actually, a lot of yoga yep. people are deadheads. <laughs> Yeah, I know. It's true. It's yeah, like a, it's really, a good really scene. common thing. Yeah, so why didn't you jive with the religion? You know, like I, I know enough about you where I, like I know that, you know, and also from so, following your social media, like why didn't you jive with it? Like isn't there a certain spirituality with a religion uh, or like Mormonism? Is that what it's called? I Mormonism? think there is for some <laughs> people. Yeah, I mean, they don't like it to be called that. But yeah, that's what it's known as. Okay. Um, for some people, it's really spiritual and it really helps them a lot in their lives. But for me, it always just, um, I guess, to be honest, it just gave me a weird feeling to be around it. And it kind of creeped me out, to be honest. 
I, gotcha. I don't know. I don't know what it was. It was just like, it was creepy to me. <laughs> huh. Interesting. I mean, you know, especially because like I see so many like spiritual things that, uh, you know, like you kind of post on your Instagram and I'm, and it, it's interesting that, that you felt creeped out by it. And so you okay. like rebelled, like, did you like, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming that you still have contact with your family. Oh yeah. I'm very close with my family and I love them dearly. And I, I totally respect, you know, if, if they want to be religious in a certain way, that's fine with me. Yeah. It just wasn't for me. So how did they take it when you didn't want to go to church every, I mean, did they fight you? (laughs) Well, um, yeah, they prayed for me. Let's put it that way. And they still do. But it, like most of my siblings are not LDS anymore. They all fell away from the church and we all kind of, yeah, none of us really vibed with it, turns out. It's huh. yeah. interesting for sure. And so, um, you know, so let's talk about high school. Like, you know, you said at, you said mm-hmm. at 12, you stopped going to, to church. Like, was there a major mm-hmm. shift that was happening like in your, like your schoolwork and stuff? Um, in high school, yeah, I mean, I had already like stepped away from that religion, but in my schoolwork, yeah, I don't know. I just wasn't super interested in the things that I was learning in school for the most part. And yeah, I never ended up actually graduating. I got my GED and just kind of forged my own path through life. I went to a lot of shows and actually got really into meditation and exercise. I grew up on the swim team, so I was already exercising a lot and I learned a lot of discipline through that and learned how to connect to my body. And there's a lot of breathing and swimming and you have to really learn how to connect with your lungs and how to breathe correctly. And also you gain a great lung capacity through that. So I think like, yeah, like swimming was pretty awesome because I, I learned all about flow and how I could, you know, through my body, through exercising, through movement, I learned how to find meditation and a meditative flow, which yoga does obviously as well. Yeah, of course. You know, it's funny. I have like a negative buoyancy. It's, I'm, I can swim. I'm a good swimmer. But like literally, I can. I've never been able to float. Like I can. I like sink to the bottom. I could never be on the swim team. It like takes so much effort from me. It's ridiculous. Um, you know, fun fact about me. But um, yeah. So I so pray like you know like good job on that. I I can. I could never been on the swim team ever. Uh, just well, maybe I you should. So much. Maybe you should connect with a sadhu that could teach you plavani. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> I want to um, learn how to do that too. Yeah. There's some really cool techniques. Um, yeah. Well, so let's, uh, so you didn't graduate um, high school. Like what was your plan? Like, yeah. So why, first off, why didn't you want to graduate? And like, how did you think that that, that was not going to be like good for you? Or that wasn't going to be your path. And like, you know, I mean, give me the thought process behind it a little bit. Yeah. Well, first of all, I was like 
16 years old when I decided I wanted to become enlightened by the time I was 20. So that was like my goal in life. And yeah, it never happened for very long. Yeah, <laughs> I'm yet. still working for it. Um, so that was really my focus in life. And that was my goal is just to really understand understand you know what i am what this is why are we here who am i you know what is this um so that was really what i cared about so school to me like it it just seemed like kind of a dead end and it seemed just kind of false i just cared about other things i guess i i was really connecting with nature and really into hiking and being in the mountains. I lived really close to some beautiful mountains. So I like when I wasn't going to school, I was spending a lot of time up in the mountains, like hiking, camping, mountain biking, climbing, snowboarding, all of the things in the mountains. And I just really wanted to connect with nature. Yeah. I mean, that's awesome. I mean, I, in Ohio, like, I mean, we connect to nature, but I don't, we don't have any mountains here. So it's like, <laughs> I, I don't know if we, we don't get snowboarding here, uh, although we do get a bunch of snow. Um, and so that's really awesome. But I mean, you know, so w- what was like the picture for your life supposed to look like? I mean, what did you, I mean, you wanted to get enlightened, but I mean, <laughs> but what, what else was there? Like, did you feel lost at times or did you feel like you were, crystal clear with what you wanted to do with your life? Um, I guess spiritually I was crystal clear, but practically I, I don't know. I, I think I was, I could just, I viewed the world as being a complete illusion and I, I could just see how, how, our society was doing things in a way that was really dangerous to the future of the planet and to the future of humanity. And I was just really disillusioned with the way that people were running the world, I guess. And I I just thought it was disgusting. You know, I don't know. I still do. I, I still think that we've gone about things in a, terrible way <laughs> yeah i was gonna say like how do you feel right now no, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah we don't need to yeah. get into the rabbit, rabbit I, hole right I'm now just, yeah i mean like you can see how things have already changed so much for the worst for the worst i mean as far as nature goes and as far as the way we're treating the planet it's just terrible yeah i i agree <laughs> Um, it, it seems like it's a never-ending battle between, like, you know, is science real or is science not real? <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, so anyway, yeah. So, I mean, but it begs the question, like, I mean, what did you do for a living? Like, you know, you drop out of high school and all that stuff, and I, you know, I'm, I'm sure the listeners are like, well, how did this, how did this girl live? You know, well, I, what did I you was do still for living jobs? At- I was still living at my parents' house and they told me I could drop out and take my GED if I got a job. So I worked at a floral shop for a while. Um, Yeah. And then I got a job at a restaurant and yeah, that's all I did. And then after that I worked at like a natural food store. 
So I just had just normal high school type of jobs. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I, I made money and I, I provided for myself as far as the things that I really needed. But of course I depended on my parents for a place to live. Gotcha. Yeah. And so uh, like how, uh, you know, I mean, it takes money to be a deadhead, you know, like, <laughs> True. I, you know, yeah. And, and there's a total like drug scene that goes along with like being total. a deadhead. Like, were you totally like, um, yeah. I mean, were you just enmeshed into like the drug scene? Like, did you use drugs? Like, were you like, do you feel like you had a issue with it or anything like that? I definitely used a lot of psychedelics a lot and yeah, I, I smoked marijuana, but I didn't do any hard drugs. Um, yeah, that was a huge part of my life for sure. I did a lot of that. Yeah. And <laughs> um, was that in high school or was that like kind of after yeah. like you got your GED and stuff like that? No, it was in high school before, during and after. <laughs> yeah, it went on for a while. But I think that the last time I did psychedelics, I was maybe 20, 21. I mean, I did it a long time after that, too. But I, I quit doing it a lot when I was maybe 20 or 21. Yeah. I think 20, yeah. So it went on for maybe four years that I used a lot of psychedelics. Mostly and that acid. You were, and that's where you were traveling around the, the most with, with the Grateful Dead. Yeah, yeah. I think I took LSD almost every show that I went to. Yeah, I think that's a pretty common thing. Yeah. <laughs> like for, for dead shows. For uh, sure. It's like a thing. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, let's, uh, let's transition a little bit. Like, I mean, let's talk a little bit about how you kind of came to yoga, like, you know, like you, you just kind of spoke about like some spiritual things like with, you know, mother nature or the earth and like the environment and stuff like that. I mean, mm -hmm. like, how did you, how did the yoga picture or how did like the practice of yoga, like become an option for you? Like, how, how did you find it? I think through books, most of all, like when I was maybe 10, 11, 12, I came across a book with pictures of sadhus in it and a little overview of how they lived their lives in India. And I was completely fascinated by that. And then I came across Be Here Now by Ram Das and The Orange Book by Osho. And those books were really formative for me. And we didn't have the internet back then. So books. Yeah. Then I would, so I would peruse like new age bookstores and and just pick up everything that I could about wow. spirituality yeah and, and why do you think you were drawn to it mm, I that's a good question I think just a natural like urge to merge with nature and with with the cosmos I, I just think there was a natural hunger there I, I just wanted yeah, to be one with the cosmos. I was just a little hippie kid, I guess. Yeah. I mean, do you do you identify as like a hippie kid? I mean, I mean, you're talking about a lot of that stuff, but I mean, do you, do you, do you, do you and no disrespect, uh, um, 
but like, do you feel like you're, that was like kind of the, the scene that you were in? Um, I think definitely it was part of the scene, but I was drawn to the scene because of that probably. And gotcha. like the music was a huge part. Just, I think I'm a really auditory person. I, I just love good music. It, it's so powerful. And yeah, that was a big part of it. Just being able to connect with that live music like that was just really amazing. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And so you get introduced to yoga, like, I mean, did through like these books, like when did you make it like sort of, you know, part of your spiritual practices? Um, I would say when I was a teenager, I, I definitely tried to meditate and, and when I did use psychedelics, I used it in a way that was, you know, it, it was ceremonial and it, I had the desire to, to meditate when I was taking them. But now, yeah, I don't do that anymore. Yeah. And so when you, um, but, but like, when did you make sort of the jump between like, you know, like you're this kid, like following the dead, you know, like working at the floral shop to all of a sudden, like, I'm going to be practicing yoga, like every single day. Like, tell me what that journey looked like. Um, okay. So I, I tried to do what the books instructed me to do. And now that I know, you know, how to do asana practice, I was doing it completely wrong. But at the same time, I, I got really into just kind of moving my body in a natural way and connecting with my breath and, and just kind of moving more creatively and intuitively. And I, I was really into dancing at the same time. So dance was really big for me. Um, just not taking classes or anything, just doing it in a natural way. Um, so I think that was really my first mind-body connection, even though I, I, I didn't really know what I was doing. Um, but I would try out some asanas and mostly like just sitting in Padmasana and things like that. Um, but when I first took a yoga class, I had already been practicing Ashtanga with David Swenson's VHS tape for about a oh, year. Nice. Yeah. And so I consider him to be my first yoga teacher. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I had his little flip book, you know, like I started oh, it back yeah. in like, you know, I guess, man, I don't even know when I started 2006 and um, I had a Rodney Yee tape. Uh, <laughs> yeah. DVD, yeah. DVD. It was power yoga. It kicked my ass. And then I had David Swenson's Ashtanga, you know, manual or whatever it's called. And then I had like a Richard Freeman, like, you know, DVD as well. Yes. Yeah. Classic for sure. <laughs> yeah. That, I always wanted that book, but I just couldn't afford it. <laughs> <laughs> but I had the tape. I bought like a bootlegged copy on eBay. Oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell him. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> but I had injured myself from mountain running. I I like hurt my ankle so many times that it just kept rolling. So I I had to kind of give up the running, and that's when I I I was like, okay, it's time to like really learn how to do yoga. So and we had the internet by now, 
So I got on, you know, and, and did a little bit of research and I was like, okay, there's lots of different styles of yoga. Where do I start? What do I do? And I came across a little online quiz, like that was supposed to show you what style is best for you. So I took that and my result was Ashtanga. So I, I did a little research on Ashtanga and I was like, oh yeah, this sounds badass. Like it's traditional, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it looks really cool and I'm going to try it. And I tried it and I never looked back. <laughs> I mean, literally like once you started doing it, you never looked back? No, I, I never tried another style for years and years and then after a while i was like oh i should try it you know just see what else is out there and then i spent maybe a few months i had a pass at a, a certain yoga studio and i was like I'll, I'll just try all the classes here so i tried out a bunch of other different things for a few months and and then i was very reassured that ashtanga was for me and why do you think it is for you? You know, like, <laughs> I, I mean, like, what what is it that has drawn you to the practice? I mean, first off, before you answer that, like, how long ago was this when you had, like, you know, the, the David Swenson, you know, VHS tape? I got it in 98, like, after my second child was born. So she was a newborn or maybe a few months old. And I had a three-year-old son. And yeah, it was when I was a young young mom. So that, um, and we didn't really have much Ashtanga here in Salt Lake. But there was one teacher that had studied with Richard Freeman. And he was really good. So I, I figured that out after I had been doing the video at home for about a year. And I went to his class and I realized... <laughs> I've been doing everything like with the worst alignment in the world. I, I had no idea. So he was like correcting every single asana. And I was like, wow, okay. So I need a teacher. And so I went to his class religiously and then he just quit teaching Ashtanga. So that was a real bummer. Yeah. It's like heartbreaking. isn't it like when that yeah. happens. Yeah, it was, but he, he was great. He was not, traditional at all so I still like really wanted to try you know real ashtanga and I had been exposed to Richard Freeman through him and through his his dvd like you were and he lives in Colorado or he did at the time and then I I met another teacher who had studied with him that was living in Salt Lake and he's like oh I'm gonna take you to a Mysore class in Boulder so we went there and that was my first Mysore class was with Richard. I mean, I'm sure that was an amazing experience yeah. too, right? Oh my God. I was so nervous, so scared. And I went in and I, I was just like, oh my gosh, I hope I have this memorized because I, I had been using the tape the whole time. And yeah, it was amazing. I was instantly just in love. <laughs> With, I mean, do you mean like with the feeling of like having a teacher or like how he held the space or, I mean, what was it about that you loved? Everything, everything, like his style, his personality, his shala, all the people there, just the sweat, the heat, the, just mat to mat, tons of people, 
just moving. Oh my God. It was so overwhelmingly amazing. I loved it. <laughs> and so I'm assuming you went back there, right? I mean, oh, yeah. that was just the first yeah. time. Uh, yeah. I went as much as I could and I, I still just want to keep practicing with him and Mary for the rest of my life. Yeah. They're, they're so wonderful. Yeah. I mean, do you, I mean, besides like uh Shirachi, would, would you consider Richard Freeman also like one, your, one of your main teachers? Oh yeah, for sure. And Mary Taylor, his wife too. She's gotcha. a goddess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're wonderful. There's, I can't say enough good things about them. Yeah. It's crazy because uh, he came to Columbus and um, in, I did his workshop and, you know, I was kind of, enthralled i don't even know if that's the right <laughs> word but there was something like where you just didn't know that three hours passed and yeah. It was actually, it, yeah it was just you just sort of swept away like he has some sort of magic about him and uh, the workshop was over on a sunday and i had to teach monday morning mysore uh-huh. and at the time it was called uh, morning mysore club yeah, before it was a Shanghai over Columbus, it was called the Morning Mysore Club. And, it, and we ran it out of a, a studio that had a bunch of different, you know, styles that they taught. And um, I remember I came, like I came in, I was practicing. I was like, today's a really weird day. I, ha- I had amazing practice. But there were so many people in the studio, like we had like 30 or 40 people. And then all of a sudden, like I see this, I, I see Mary Taylor walk in and like put her mat down. And I was like, oh my God. <sighs> I was, and she like put her mat down and she, and I was like, I'm Taylor. I was at your workshop. Thank you so much for coming to Columbus and all this stuff. And she's like, she's like, I just want to be here and soak up the energy. And I was like, let me know, let me know how I can help you. And, and, and as soon as I got done with that, I, I saw Richard in the corner of my eye and I was like, please do not let Richard Freeman come into my Mysore class. I was like, I was like, God, please send him to the other room. And I was like, I can't, I, I can't do it. Like, I just won't be able to handle it. And uh, I mean, because Mary Taylor's like, she's so grounded, but he's like, I don't even know where he's at. Uh, right. Yeah. And so he didn't come into my, my, my sore class. And I was like, thank you God for that. Because the whole room would have been like freaking out. Oh my um, God, I would die. Yeah, yeah. Die. But I, I mean, but still having Mary Taylor in the room and she was like, you know yes. what? You're doing, she's like, you're doing a great job of holding space for all of these people. And I was like, thanks. Oh, that's and this so is like, sweet. It's like eight or nine years ago. It was freaking uh, crazy. And her yeah. practice is so amazing. It's so good. It's amazing. Oh my God. I remember, yeah, she was in that first class that I went to and I was dying. I'm like, who is this yeah. woman? Like she's doing fourth <laughs> series and she's in her fifties, I think. Yeah. Oh, oh. It's, it's unbelievable. She practiced second so series and she did it and it was immaculate. Like it was, yes. it was, it was all very put together. So that's my Richard Freeman, and Mary Taylor story. Uh, after oh, amazing workshop with them. Yeah. So, um, cool. so let's talk a little bit about, um, you know, your trips to Mysore, like what compelled you to go to Mysore? Um, well, just learning about Mysore when Patabi Joyce was there was just like fascinating. Like I said, I was a young mom when I first started and it was just like a dream that I thought would never be able to happen. And it's like, I just always wanted to go from the second I heard about it. 
Um, yeah. So when Patabi Joyce was teaching here in the U.S., I was, um, I always wanted to go to that too. But I just, you know, I was a young mom. I didn't have a huge income or the ability to travel, and I didn't want to leave my kids either. So it was never an option until they got older. And the first time I went to India actually was. 2009 right after Patabi Joyce passed away and I had heard stories like oh you're gonna you're gonna go there and no one will even notice you no one will give you attention there's tons of people there you're better off just to study with an authorized teacher so I I just always had that in my mind that it's not Mm. even worth it um so I didn't I should have gone and studied with Shiratji in retrospect but I did not I went to India and I did a quote unquote Ashtanga teacher training. Um, That was my first trip to India, but I was just in love with India. It was like, I was like, okay, I'm coming back and I'm going to go to Mysore. I don't care what people say. I want to go. And then I went to Shiratji's workshops when he started coming to Encinitas. So I went to, a bunch of his workshops and the first time I met him I was like oh god I've got to keep studying with this guy I want him to be my teacher like besides Richard and Mary of course but I, I just I needed to study with him he was awesome I, I loved it I loved that he wasn't even that much older than me and that he had just grown up you know doing the practice he was just saturated in the practice of Ashtanga yoga. So the first time I ever practiced with him was in the US. And then I started applying to go practice with him. And I swear I applied five times and never got in. And I I finally like got the guts up to talk to him at one of his workshops. And I was like, Shiraji, I've applied so many times. Why can't I get in? And he's like, you apply again and then so i did that year and i got in and so my first trip to mysore was after i had done a number of workshops with him maybe like five or four or something like that Um, yeah and yeah yeah, that was how i got into it why did you think it was important to like have a teacher in the first place? Like, I mean, you know, you mentioned alignment, you know, like the guy who was, you know, teaching you first and, you know, all of, all of this stuff. But like, I mean, why did you feel like, you know, like having a Richard or having a Sherrod, like why did that, you know, why was that important to you? I probably got the idea from reading Be Here Now by Ram Das. And he was just always writing about his guru and how important it was and how, like, how dedicated he was. And so that just lit the little spark in me, I think, hearing it from somebody else and reading about it and the value of having a really special teacher like that. Um, I I was like, oh, yeah, I can see that, you know, you can just kind of let go of everything else and let this person guide you if you trust them. And yeah, I, I love that. I love being able to surrender and just be able to trust somebody and let them guide me to the right tools. I mean, of course, I'm doing the work myself, but 
I, I just love the idea of having a great teacher to, to follow. Yeah. Yeah. And when you look at, um, you know, obviously your teachers, like what are the main qualities that you look at that you sort of admire or that you try and, you know, kind of get yourself? I would say like the sattvic quality, like somebody that has a beautiful heart that's really dedicated to yoga and that like cares about teaching, you know, things as they are taught to them, like preserving a lineage is really, really a cool thing because it's such an old lineage that I, I just want to learn from somebody that's learned from somebody that's learned from somebody that goes all the way back to Shiva, right? That's the whole idea. So I I love that idea. I know we don't have that in the U.S. so much, but I I think it's really cool. Yeah, that is cool. And so what do you feel like, you know, today um, going to Mysore, like, I mean, what do you feel like it it teaches you? And and what are some of these lessons that you've learned on the mat? Like, I mean, have you gotten closer to enlightenment? You know, I mean, I, I, I mean, tell me about it. I have no idea. I'm pretty sure I've had a few flashes. I I know I have had flashes throughout my life, even from being a young child. I've had plenty of flashes, nothing to last more than a couple of minutes or maybe 10 minutes at the most. But they actually probably come less now. (laughs) Now that I'm older and I have more shit that I'm working through, that I've gathered over my <laughs> lifetime. <laughs> but definitely I, I have the idea of the proper way to live my life and I have a lot of more guidelines. And yeah, I, I think having discipline is really important. And I feel like when I do get a little bit older and I have more time to just sit and practice pranayama and meditation that, Maybe it'll come more often. I don't ever expect to actually be enlightened all the time now that I can see that that's probably not going to happen this lifetime. But I'm okay with that. Uh, Maybe in like 10,000 more. 10,000 more? Wow, you got a lot of work to do, girl. I'm guessing. I think I do, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know, what, uh, what do you feel like the practice has taught you, though? You know, like you talked about discipline, uh, you know, but like, what do you feel like? I mean, why are you compelled to show up on a daily basis and like do this work? Um, good question. Sometimes I ask myself that and just wonder about it. But honestly, it's just such a great way to live your life. I, I just see the results in the health of my body, the health of my mind. I feel like I would be a mental mess if I didn't have yoga. I, I just can't imagine. I, I feel like I just really need it. I need that daily ritual. It keeps me sane. It keeps me, you know, on the, the right path. And like, ultimately, it, I just vibe with it. It's such a good practice. And I, I feel like probably... I, I have learned enough about the practice and about my body that I can some days 
you know, take things a little differently than what Shiraji says we have to do every day. But after hearing him talk so many times, then I don't feel so guilty if I do have to take a day off or if I do need to take a short day. And, and he's always saying you need to, you know, put your family first. So if something else comes up, then with my family or my work that has to be a priority, then it has to. But otherwise, I, I do try to keep a really regular practice. And I've seen a lot of results. I've, I've had a lot of back injuries, like herniated disc problems, scoliosis, lots of back pain. And I cannot believe how much this asana practice has saved my back, literally. I mean, there's been many times in my life where I couldn't even walk because I was in so much pain. But it, like, even my doctors wanted me to have surgery. Two different doctors, spinal specialists, told me I needed wow. to have surgery. And I, I just was like, no, you are not cutting into my spine ever. So I, I just really learned how to listen to my body and keep practicing. Just And Richard and Mary were a great help with that. They really helped me through that and gave me so much good advice. Like, you can practice like you're a 90-year-old person. It's okay. Just do your practice. Modify. Do it how you can, you know. Be respectful of your body's boundaries. So I, I think it's really important to try to keep your body healthy. It's a great yeah. reason to practice. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But I mean, but specifically, why do you think it works for you? I mean, I, like, what's the thing that on a consistent basis, is it just the discipline that you talked about? You know, is it just the health that comes with it? Or, uh, like, I mean, why, why do you, I mean, why not hot yoga or why not vinyasa style yoga? Like, why do you think Ashtanga works for you better than any other ones? Um, well, it, it's just a good formula. I mean, you, you go through the same asanas in the same order almost every day. Um, I'm mostly doing intermediate series. I did start doing third series for a while, but I injured my arm over a year ago and it's starting to feel a little bit better, but there's a lot of just really intense arm stuff in third series. So I think intermediate series for me, just it's really good for my spine and, and correcting the scoliosis it, it's just a good formula. I mean, it's genius. Every time I do it, I, I see these new patterns emerging and I, I see like different reasons why it's ordered in the way that it's ordered. And it's brilliant. I, I just, whoever made it up was a genius. It works for me. <laughs> That's all I can yeah. say. If, like for a while I was substituting a lot of vinyasa classes and I don't really know how to teach vinyasa. I, I'm pretty good <laughs> at being creative because I do know a lot of asanas through Ashtanga. And so I, I was just being creative and doing it with them when I taught, which was fun, but it killed my body. I, yeah. I could never do that just as a regular practice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's amazing like what people share that the practices taught them. It's really amazing. Um, yeah. So it's yeah, it's really a good cool. practice. Yeah, it's an amazing practice. So let's talk about your teaching, you know, like, uh, what about, um, you know, like, 
how's like how is the Mysore practice going for you? I mean, especially during these difficult times, like, but like, tell us a little bit about like your community. Okay, so I teach at a climbing gym, the Front Climbing Club in Salt Lake, and we actually have two locations. And we've got a Mysore program here that's um, during Monday through Friday, during the weekdays, we have two Mysore classes a day, except for moon days. And then we have a class on Sundays. And Sammy Brown and I are the, the Mysore teachers here. And we, yeah, it's so fun because we have a community of really outdoorsy type people, just like we were, like we both grew up climbing and spending lots of time in the mountains. And so it's a lot of like-minded people. And also we actually get a lot of people coming that don't climb and just come for the yoga, but it's a great community and we have a beautiful space. I'm super grateful for it. And we we don't own the studio or the space. We just, we don't even rent it out. We just work here. And I really like the owner of the place. He, he kind of lets us do whatever we want. And I'm the director of the yoga program here. So I've just really tried to put a big focus on Ashtanga. Although we do offer like vinyasa and restorative classes too, because not everyone wants to do Ashtanga and that's fine. But I, I try to, you know, hire teachers, most teachers that do Ashtanga, even though they might not teach it. Um, yeah, it's it's been a great program. We've been doing it maybe six, seven years, and it's it's really grown. And we're about to start offering some longer classes, too. Awesome. And, you know, it's yeah, funny yeah. because uh, Sammy was one of the maybe like the first five people that I met in Mysore. And like we jived immediately because he's just like a down home, good all around kind of dude, you know? Yeah. And yeah. And so such so like a, you know, so I saw him this, this past year too. And it was like, you know, 10 years later or eight years later, whatever um, it was. And I'm just sitting there going like, man, it's like, you know, it, it was just really cool to see people grow and see people change and, you know, like still come to Mysore. It's really cool. Um, yeah, I think I, he introduced me to you when we were there. Yeah, I was going to say that's like when I when I met you. So yeah, you were with your yeah. kids. They're so cute. <laughs> they're, I, I mean, I'm trying to do this podcast, and they're just like basically yelling downstairs. Uh, <laughs> they, have, they they just started, uh, you know, uh, school, which hybrid oh, school or something like that. Oh and so God. they get home from school, and they're just like running around the neighborhood and so i don't know you probably heard dogs and <laughs> cats dog cats great. and kids all, all over the place so great uh, yeah well it's really awesome that uh, you know you have a community of like-minded people you know that you feel supported by the owner and all of that stuff i mean that's what it takes in order to to run a mysore program so right you know, I, mean, I can't well, imagine like trying to own my own shawler though that's terrifying to me i kudos to you it's amazing <laughs> it, it's a it's a lot of work i'm surrounded by a bunch of amazing people that yeah, without other people i couldn't do it and i'm sure you kind of feel the same way the other teachers and sammy and uh, like the owner like it, it really takes like all hands on deck if you know what i mean definitely definitely there's yeah. no way i could do it by myself yeah 
Well, uh, Sarah, I want to uh, I want to thank you for being on the show today and sharing a little bit about your um, you know your past and your story and you know sharing all of the details that you shared. Um, it was really great to get to know you. And you know, it's like if any of the listeners are ever in Salt Lake City, make sure you you know um, look up Sarah Jane and, and Sammy's program in Salt Lake. So yeah, hit yeah. us up. Thanks so yeah. much, Taylor. Yeah, so thanks for being on the show. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in. If you want more information about Ashtanga Yoga, visit ashtangayogacolumbus.com. You can also check out my website, which is taylorhuntyoga.com. See you guys next time. Thank you.